Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As well as the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Southern California tickets are now on sale for the Steel Wars 200th podcast live at the Scum and Villainy Cantina on Saturday the 2nd of February at 3.30pm and we will be joined by special interview guest Eric Walker who played Mace Tuani in the 80s Ewok made for TV films A Caravan of Courage, An Ewok Adventure and Ewoks The Battle for Endor. Get ready for behind-the-scenes stories from the films, what it was like to work with Warwick Davis, and of course, the maker, George Lucas. Plus, we'll have a special audience mic set up if you've got a question to ask too. And if you can, hang out for a bit after the show and take in all the fun of the Scum and Villainy Cantina. Pre-sale tickets are just $10 and are available from SteelWars.com or $12 on the door from the Scum and Villainy Cantina. I cannot wait to talk Ewoks with Eric and I hope to see you there. But for now, let's get on with the show. What's up, guys? Welcome to Strathers Wars. I am Eric Strathers, and I do love Steel Wars. And in each episode, I find a Patreon supporter to talk about it with. In this episode, I talk to Katie McCourt. You might recognize that name from an infamous Steel Wars After Dark blog pod appearance from San Diego Comic-Con 2017. Katie has a really unique take on Star Wars fandom, and I had a super good time talking to her, and I think you guys are for sure going to enjoy her episode picks. Katie, thanks so much for doing this episode of Strathers Wars with me. Yeah, man. Thanks for asking me on. You picked some awesome episodes, and so we, Katie and I, just a little inside baseball, decided that we were going to just listen to the, all the episodes in their entirety and not actually make the show, but uh, we figured yep. that probably wasn't the best way to do it. So we'll get to those in just a minute, but what I want to do is start out like Steel always does with his guests and ask you about your Star Wars fandom. When did you first get into Star Wars? Oh my god, so I was four, and Return of the Jedi was my first live-action film of all time. And I don't precisely remember probably the first time I watched it, but I do remember like the most vivid, like first memory I have of Star Wars is just... Um, and I, I think I've told Steele this before, but it was uh, when... Or I think I've said this like probably on a show when I was very drunk before, but... Um, so when uh, Luke walks into... Uh, Jabba's palace and says you'll bring Captain Soul and the Wookiee to me and like takes his hood off like that was such a defining moment for me I have that I I don't again I don't know like what time I watch it I probably wasn't for when I like distinctly remember that part 
But I remember rewatching that film like, God, just like tens and tens and tens and tens of times before I ever watched any of the other ones. Not that I would have really understood, right? I didn't really care that I already knew Darth Vader was his father. And yeah, I didn't watch A New Hope until like after the prequels. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that was the last one I watched. And I don't know why I just like never went back to it. Um, yeah, and, and the prequels, like I really loved. I never I was obsessed with everything Padme ever wore. I wanted all of it. I was really in love with it, but I didn't get like really, really, really into it until I like finally um no, like into it, I guess, on like a fandom level until um, high school and then more so after college because like, oh, my God, in college dealing with fandom at the same time of like juggling. I had like three jobs and like five classes and it wasn't going to happen. Um, plus, with The Force Awakens, I shut down because I was so nervous about how that film was going to turn out. I did not. I didn't want to hear a single leak. I didn't even know what I, I didn't want to know what Adam Jarver's face looked like. Like I wanted absolutely nothing. I like the first time I saw Adam Jarver's face was in the film. Like I did not look. I like completely blacked. I did not want to know absolutely anything. So um, yeah. So the, so then like I yeah I ended up getting more back into the fandom after I graduated college, which was uh, what was that? It was like the end of twenty sixteen. And Steel Wars was the first podcast I really came across. Um, and I kind of forget how it happened. But um, yeah, he was like my first big introduction until like into like the very niche, niche corner of the fandom outside of another part I was already in. But yeah, like he just he has such a a genuine and just fun way of looking at it. I mean, I tend to get involved in a lot of the drama in this fandom and it's just so refreshing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and it's pretty much anywhere like within that making star Wars, like family, if you will. Um, there's just such refreshing perspectives um, that just care about the canon and just want to have fun with it. And that's, and like in me as a person, like I'll always have fun with it because I take a lot of it very seriously and I understand that. So it kind of like checks and balances like me out from getting too into fictional characters. So it's yeah. hard not to do that, though. It definitely is. I totally get what you're saying. And the the fortitude of going in 100 percent spoiler free or I don't even know if not seeing Adam Driver's face, you could consider that a spoiler or not. But to be able to do that going into The Force Awakens, that's crazy. I was so nervous for how that film was going to turn out. I think because I was terrified of what would happen to Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker means a lot to me. <laughs> um, and so it, I mean, it turned out okay, right? Because he's not really in it. <laughs> so um, it's like, okay. And and I, actually, I love his arc in The, in the Last Jedi, so... You know, I, I think he's been handled really well. But uh, yeah, there's just a lot of like probably semi-irrational fear. <laughs> but yeah. I get it. I was actually supposed to have a gig that night. And so I, my buddy and I planned, okay, we're going to the Thursday night showing, obviously. But we had to go to the one. It was one in the morning because I didn't. But I mean, my phone was off. No chance of this getting spoiled for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. So... Uh, what what do you consider your favorite Star Wars movie now after all this time? Oh, now it's The Last Jedi by 10 miles. Um, just as like somebody who's very 
into um, viewing any literature from the psychoanalytic lens. I mean, that film is just really intense in terms of how much, like especially on Jungian and um, Christievian analysis and imagery that's in that film, including, um, I mean, there's a lot of Freudian imagery as well, but I'm not as in touch with Freud. So I had to read a lot of other friends analysis who do know a lot about Freudian psychology and film. But oh my god, like there are so many nuances to just the way that that movie is laid out. Like even the lighting foreshadows character development, um, and just the way that the characters do develop. Um, as as a woman, I highly appreciate Ray and how she, like how they portrayed her going through her trauma of basically suppressing everything that's ever happened to her. Um, and a lot of times when you have a story that's told through the female perspective, especially in big blockbusters like this, it's not pulled off very well. To So to see that pulled off in a way that was really well done and really emotional and really dark. I mean, I think people may gloss over a little bit like her parents were dead the whole time and they were like buried beneath her feet. Like that's dark. And she just like, you know, suppressed it to not deal with it. Um, and I'm a massive Kylo Ren fan. And the way that his arc was treated was, you know, is, is going really well and was uh, really well done. And, and Adam Driver's incredible actor. And um, and then, of course, how they handled Luke was just exceeded my expectations because I was really terrified that they would just, you know, keep him on as this like, you know, grandiose hero. And as much as like I love that and I wanted maybe a little bit more of that moment. I mean, that final battle between him and Kylo Ren is just Again, it goes down to like the symmetry of it and, and what it means of, of the gravity of it and what they did with like him like emerging. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to get into all the 40 analysis on this <laughs> podcast, <laughs> but, but like, essentially emerging from like, frankly, what's, what's like a symbolic womb onto this, you know, red salt. And, you know, as it goes forward, it, it, it's covered by white as, um, you know, both of the characters, you know, Luke finally comes to like or I, I, atones in his own way for what he felt like he did and and ben comes closer to you know his own symbolic um rebirth and realizing you know he has everything he ever wanted but he doesn't actually have anything um oh my god sorry i can go there's so much no, in no. that film it's it's totally it is, okay it blew, i cannot believe how much stuff is in that film that they got into a blockbuster i like your your take on the last Jedi and you know, with, especially with the, the psychological analysis of it and the aspects of that, that is, that is a really cool way to look at it because you're right. I was trying to explain the, the whole notion of that big cleft in the, in that door and what that represents <laughs> to one of my friends. And I think he thought I was, had lost my mind. No, but it's like weird. Like if you don't like, I've read a lot of Carl Jung, um, and I know this movie was actually more taken off of um, Robert Bly and and more like his view on the human shadow than the Jungian view, but it all feeds into the same thing. Oh, like the thing with um, oh my god, like the scene in the theater that I was just like, oh my god, is like my uh, it's probably my favorite scene in all of Star Wars actually, because previously my favorite scene in all of Star Wars is, and I, you know, you can tell I'm kind of a one trick pony. There's like one thing that will get me in film. And if you do it, congratulations, I'm your biggest fan. But like the, with Luke in the cave um, and Dagobah, where he cuts off the head of Vader and he sees himself. 
Um, so, you know, the idea of, or the Jungian idea of facing the shadow. And so this happens to Ray, right? But it's like, she reaches out and like literally touches her Jungian shadow on the other side of that mirror, which, you know, people can fight me on this, but it's Kylo Ren. And then it, it, it goes away and it's just her. And Kylo has always been, you know, in terms of the anima animostomatic dynamic, like he's always represented the parts of her that she easily could have expressed, but she never did. And just having that visualized in, in such a literal way, but not so literal that it's just like too heavy handed is really incredible. I think on Ryan Johnson's part, because it's so easy to like go down the rabbit hole with that kind of stuff. I appreciate the, the deep dive into it. You've obviously given it a lot of thought. That's really cool. So now I'm going to have to go read that Carl Jung book and then go back and watch The Last Jedi for the millionth time and really think about it. Okay. Well, we have to talk about Steel Wars now. Yeah, because sorry, sorry. This, this will be the longest <laughs> Strathers Wars episode of all time. Do you, do you remember the first episode of Steel Wars that you heard? Yeah. So... Oh my god, what's Jamie? It's not the guy who did the Empire Strikes Door. Is that what it is? Um, the documentary on the guy who hit his head on the um, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> and like trying to track down that stormtrooper. I don't know what happened to that documentary, but yeah, that was the first episode. Um, and then I just, I went back from there, but I, I pretty much immediately signed up for the Patreon because he's just like, he has a way to just make you so effortlessly happy. And it was just something I like really deeply appreciated. So, um, ah, he's just, he, his shows are always so much fun and they're always, they're easy to listen to, but it's not like just... It's not unintelligent, maybe. I don't know if that's the correct word I'm looking for, but... Right, yeah. It's not lowbrow. It's not fluff. Yeah, it's, yeah. Fluff's a good word, yeah. It's, yeah. I The content is great. It's really pointed. It's really well executed, but it also doesn't crush you to listen to it. So that's a, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Now, the way that you gave me your list of episodes, you, you, interesting approach here. So it is in order from seven to one with one being your favorite, which that is extremely efficient. And let's just jump right into them. So the first one you mentioned is episode 134 with Mike Quinn, and he was the puppeteer for Nyan Numb. And it's a it's a really really cool episode, but what about it in particular stuck out to you? Yeah, so um, yeah, Mike had gone to a meetup or not a meetup. It was a fortieth anniversary like get together party with um with ILM and um yeah, he just speaks to just the impact of ILM and and being around those people and um. I don't feel like ILM gets enough credit, at least in fandom circles. And, and granted, you know, this isn't saying like, oh, we should stop giving, you know, like Mark Hamill credit. But we do tend to hyper focus on more like the front end, if you will, which is, you know, totally fine. I mean, again, I do the same thing. But, you know, like I, I worked with ILM in in my job and just, you know, seeing what, what they do and just the impact that they've had on art and especially on technology it was just cool hearing kind of that the insider perspective and just just understanding like the weight of what this franchise means to so many people and 
And he goes on to talk about, you know, what George Lucas has created just in terms of not only like the franchise and what it's done for storytelling, but what it's done just for jobs and art and technology. Yeah, you, you piqued my interest <clears throat> with, with speeches. What sort of speeches were given? Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. A lot of the, the sort of heads of, of the effects departments gave a, a, a lot of Ken Ralston and, and Ben Burt and, and, uh, and the, you know, the, the original guys that were there. Uh, yeah, they, they told stories about the, the birth of, of ILM and, and uh, for example, how Fox turned them down and didn't want to spend any money on, on uh, getting these effects up and running with, with their, I guess, their original you know, I guess when they were trying to shoot things like the go motion cameras or Death Star stuff or whatever it was, the optical printers and I don't know what, all the, the amazing things that were really trying to get off the ground that were going to cost another million here and whatever. And, and they were kind of fighting that at the beginning, fighting the studio. It was very funny. So, yeah, they were just sort of talking about the birthing of it all. It was, uh, it was, it was all recorded, though, I think. And I think online there are some videos, some, some edits too somewhere of some stuff. But, but uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really nice to, to just be in the presence of such genius and, and hear about the, the roots of, of uh, this uh, part, this rebirthing of the, of the visual effects industry that has affected all our lives. And that was something uh, I discussed with Gary Kurtz, too. He just sort of talking with him about how, you know, how I wouldn't be here now if it weren't for Star Wars. And and he just turned around and said, same here. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, yeah, we, I think we're all in the same kind of boat. It's like, how? How, how did this happen? But, you know, what a, what, a, what a great, wonderful thing for us all, whether we're fans or whether we worked on it or both, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think, I think pretty well everyone that has, has – worked in any capacity on these projects are fans anyway it's a perspective that i we don't talk about a lot i mean again it's just usually not front of mind um and it was yeah it was cool hearing that uh perspective yeah and one of the things that i love about episodes like that too is just anybody who's been involved in the making of the movies from a um like he's immersed in it, but he's not like this huge recognizable name. And it's it's really cool to hear their take on what it was like doing the movies and that, you know, for a lot of times it's this is a legit job that I do. And I love, of course, that Steele asked him about the tucking Yoda in. I, yes. I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, what if it happened to that? I was always expecting a sticker off of the the, the Tuckers, and uh, that's a good question. <laughs> where's my sticker, Steel? Yeah, man, come on. We 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 deserve it. You owe it to us. <laughs> I think you know one of the things that I really dig about that episode is that obviously Nyan Num is a puppet, but. I guess I shouldn't say obviously because in my head I never cared one way or the other. Oh, growing it's up, just I like, never oh, there's it. there's this guy, yeah. yeah, and it wasn't, yeah, and it wasn't until I was older, but I like it still didn't. It never took me out of the movie. I'm like, oh, look at that guy with the pancake face. But to hear like just how it was done and oh, yeah. that that inside baseball view on that stuff is really cool. And I know for some people they don't want to see how the soup gets made, but yeah, I think it's I think it's neat. Oh yeah, I mean, especially again, like I think one of the most amazing aspects about Star Wars are the things that 
you know, whether it's the score or whether it's the technology and art design and everything that goes on behind it. I mean, again, like I hyper-focus on like the meaning of it all. Like I absolutely do that. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think Star Wars' biggest achievement is what it has contributed to technology and to how we view art. Um, but I mean, especially, I mean, again, what I was saying when I work with, with ILM, so we work, um, I work in mixed reality technology um, and, and what they've done with that is just insane. Like what they're doing with the void with VR is, is really cool. And then of course, you know what they're doing, um, you know, just, you know, from every movie that they like, they touch, oh my God, like every freaking movie, like Skywalker Sound or ILM is, you know, somewhere in those credits, right? Like they are just a yeah. force, um, no pun intended. And um, I love watching all the behind the scenes stuff on like, you know, for the original trilogy, um, especially because of where technology was at that time. It's so, it's so cool. It so, is pretty yeah. amazing. So, Okay, so your next episode in the list, it deals with Star Wars grievances, and I will ask you what your particular Star Wars grievance may or may not be in a second. But it is the live call-in show, episode 39, with Brian Young from the Full of Sith podcast. And I can tell you personally, when I was listening to this, there were several things that came up that he that didn't bother me to the extreme that it bothers some people, but man... His calm, reassuring voice to talk you down <laughs> from, from the ledge is pretty incredible. Yeah, no, he's a. Uh, he, I think he's he's really good at, at understanding canon. You know, especially for for me, where I take it to a very transformative place a lot. <laughs> he, he's just very well. This is what happened. I appreciate right. that. Now, the time span that you have in here, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> that this involves <laughs> <laughs> involves friend of the podcast, Robbo. So this was like my first introduction to Robbo. <laughs> um, and yeah, like now we do several podcasts together and I've met him a few times and he's like absolutely one of my favorite people in this fandom and um, such an amazing person. <laughs> And, and I think so he had called in a, on a few other shows I had called into and like obviously I've heard him before but this was like the first time where I was like really conscious of what was going on um <laughs> so he called in and did this like gosh I think it's like it's gotta be over 15 minutes if not longer I the clip I put in there is not the whole thing it just ends with I think Steele's best acting bit a different way of approaching this, of my grievance, is we're, we're going to act it out. We're going to do some role playing. Is that okay? I uh, sure. I want you. I want. Wow. Uh, uh, Steel. I want you to play the part of Mace Windu and anyone else who needs to be there. All right. That, uh, I'm Mace Windu. In what scene is this? Uh, we'll, we'll get. This is going to be the. I'm going to. We're going to start with the scene where where Anakin talks to Palpatine and he finds out that he's a Sith Lord. And then he goes to, to Mace Windu and says, Hey, this guy's a Sith Lord. And then they come back and then there's the big betrayal and everything. Right. If I look up the script, is, is that, is that how, is that how good I have to be? You could, you don't have to read. We're, we can paraphrase it. Just don't say anything that's, you know, says you as Mace Windu, like you don't have to <laughs> have say fun the party's with over. You can say your own horrible cliche. So like, you know, like, Okay, so, and then, uh, although Brian, I don't, 
think you have to do the Palpatine voice because he's kind of like kind of switching <laughs> back and forth. You could. I think that would really help, you know, for the, like the theater of the mind for the listener. And I'm going to be Anakin. So, okay. All right. You get the first word because you're the, you're the boss Jedi. So we're showing up. We caught him. We caught him red handed. Is, hey, is there a party going shave. on? Be, yeah. <laughs> hey, shave. You know that celebration that you have been having? Well, you can cancel that. It's over. You're coming into arrest. Don't do anything surprising or shocking, please. This is not the time uh, nor the place. I actually have taken over control of the government uh, and have turned public opinion against you, and now I'm going to murder you all, except for you, and uh, I'm going to play helpless while the person that uh, I'm counting on is going to show up because you never counted on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did count on me to like watch you and report carefully. He counted on me to escort the uh, princess TZ uh, uh, buns over there back to her planet. And uh, she, they counted on me to, um, to rescue you and all that. But I see your point. Well taken. So they fight, right? They're fighting. And now you've killed Squid Jedi and uh, the other one I forget. Kid Fisk, Fisk, <laughs> and Agent Kolar. Okay, they're all dead. They must really suck because you're super old. So uh, it's just you and Mace Windu, right? I, what's what's yes. Palpatine say? How, how does he get him over there? They're both calling to me, right? You're both calling to me. I'm hearing you both. Uh, Anakin, help me. Have, I'm good. I have the power to save the ones you love. You, oh, that's right. You I've been a that. dick to you all your life. Help me. Remember all those times I was a real prick? Come on, help but me. Movie, I'm still really confused by the whole thing, but it's just so funny. And I really think because we don't have Star Wars Christmas this year, um, he should just take that and make it into a two-hour movie. And Brian <laughs> and, and Steele, should, they should just try it all over again. Now, was this the episode where he gave Brian the dit, 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 dit? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Weird. No, but like Steel's acting is the, is the best thing in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember where I was like geographically when I heard this episode, like I can picture it so well. You know, isn't it the best though? Like I have a better example, I guess for, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to tell this because it shows up, I think in the next one. So uh, l- let me ask you this did it, quickly. Do you have a star Wars grievance that sticks out to you? You know what? I guess it's, it's a pretty normal one. It's um, yeah. I, I Padme's death gets me. Um, I don't like the the woman die of a broken heart trope. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. I've kind of gotten around it by believing the um, fan theory that Palpatine took her life, and I do think it's fairly convincing. But I th- I don't think the novel supports it, so I don't like the whatever. I believe in it to make myself feel better, but I don't like. I think it's probably wrong. Um, I know exactly but, what you yeah. mean. Yeah. But the breathing like does line up. Like she stops breathing and then he starts breathing. Like it, it has, you know, there's some stuff there. Yeah, and the sound design, like some of the other yes. aspects of it with the heartbeat and stuff like that, yes. they intentionally lined it up. And yeah, so I, 
I could buy into that. I have the Revenge of the Sith novelization on a shelf behind me. And Amazing. so many people said, oh, you got to read it. You, you got to read, read it. it. And I haven't made time to do it yet. I always say I watched I watched the, the video book of that one. But it's I definitely do want to get it because I hear it really, really takes it to so a, a whole. Good. Um, I think because it references Shmi a lot more. And I think Shmi is such an incredible motivator to Anakin's fall that obviously is addressed in Attack of the Clones, but is it kind of falls out once you get to Revenge of the Sith and it a lot of it's transferred just to Padme. But obviously a lot of that is still like his obsession with Padme is is still based on losing his mother, right? And I don't think they bring that back into full focus as much, but the book definitely does. Oh, very good. I definitely have to read it then. All right. So next up, we have episode 132. And I got to point out here. Actually, I th- believe you pointed this out to me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Is that several of these are live episodes, which they are a special brand of magic, I gotta say. But this is Nick Mason, uh, quote unquote, George Lucas and Jonathan Schuster at the uh, uh, the International Comedy Festival. <laughs> and I know what I dig about this one, but t- tell me what you like about it. <laughs> All right, so this is the one when you say, like, you know the geographic location of when you listen to these episodes. So I will either be listening to Steel Wars in the car um, while I, I do a lot of uh, data analytics for my job. So sometimes when you're in a data cleaning mode, like, it's really monotonous and semi-brainless so you could just throw something on the background or when i'm playing dynasty warriors 4 in particular that's the only video game yes i know it's ps2 whatever um so this one was one where i was like cleaning data and and, like i had to like focus on this task but like i had steel wars on the background and i just remember like having to stop like four different times and just be like what the heck am i listening to (laughs) so the best thing about this is um, the, the quote unquote George Lucas keeps talking about his adventures with um, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, <laughs> and just like the way he keeps bringing up and Francis, but so so there's one great part where he's talking about um, <laughs> hunting and eating people, and that's 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 what he now does with his free time now that he doesn't make Star Wars movies. But you don't think it's it's your time to come back then and make something that the people you, that you'll be proud of? Yeah, I really want to come back and I want to make movies for these assholes <laughs> who are mean to me and make my life a living hell. No, I'm going back to my ranch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get back into sculpture. Me and Francis are going to go out there. And we're going to hunt people with knives we've built ourselves <laughs> out of human bones. That's what we do now. You haven't, when was the last film Francis Ford Coppola made? He's not making films anymore. He's making knives. Yeah, he's making knives to wow. hunt humans. You should come with me, Mason. You, you'll change as a man. 
You'll be a different person now, and you realize, oh, this is bullshit. There's nothing more real than hunting another human being. Stalking them for days. Hearing them whimper in the night. They can never sleep again. And then before you know it, as they drift off, I'm just going to get a little shut-eye. You push a knife through the back of their neck, and it goes up. <laughs> and they see it. And they go, oh, I've been hunted. That's the last thing they say. I've been hunted. What a weird thing to say before you die. It's really weird. Oh, yeah, but it's fun. You should come along. Okay. So, yeah, uh, he's all right. <laughs> Steel Wars exclusive. <laughs> How do you cook a human? Uh, you, you tie him on a pole, you put an apple in their mouth, you spin around, <laughs> just like you'd cook a Wookiee. Very similar. You know what Wookiee tastes like? Chicken, yeah. <laughs> this theme of like eating continues into how like Ray's mission is now to eat Chewbacca because like this is like just crack at its finest right here. Um, <laughs> uh, because Han, like his dying wish with Han was to like Han was supposed to eat Chewie, but like he's dead. So now, you know, it's, it's got to be Ray. But I, I, what also was like great about this is like Steel, like man, like most of my episodes are live because like he's just like it's so hard to do these live episodes and he's so amazing at taking the conversation and running with it or getting it back on track or um you know he works so well with every host that's on there and man like the way that he can just come off of these like just crackpot sentences and like talks and just like keep it going it's just like like i'd just be sitting there like what the what the hell? Um, yeah, and he's just, he did, oh gosh. The reactions are just hysterical. Just yeah, the entire, epi- the entire episode is fantastic. So it's for the listener, definitely, I mean, you're going to hear the clips and think, oh man, that was neat. There's so much more. So you've, much. you've got yeah. to dig in because well, like, it, is, it is so worth it. Yeah, and I'm a huge uh, Weekly Planet fan, so whenever Nick Mason does anything with Steel, that's always a lot of fun. Or even, like, I've had times where I had a week where, like, I was having a week, um, and the Weekly Planet upload their pod, and Steel was on theirs, and it's just, like, so great when all three of them get together, because, uh, um, you know, the hosts of Weekly Planet work so well together, and then you throw Steel on, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, we've got a couple of other live episodes that we'll get to, but in between there, we've got episode 21, which uh, I suspect a lot of longtime listeners will definitely recall probably the first time they ever heard this. And it was watching the Force Awakens teaser for the first time with his buddy Paul Verhoeven. (laughs) Yeah. So give me your take on this one. So I'm so all right. So my favorite thing about being in fandom is the hype. I mean, as much as you want it to end, I live for the hype. I mean, especially in this kind of fandom, because and again, like I stayed out of this with The Force Awakens. So like, I think I I love this episode because it's almost like kind of a pang of regret of this is what I missed. And I I had like a great time with the lead up to The Last Jedi. Um, And then, you know, nine's going to be interesting but yeah especially in this fandom it's a lot of fun because you know frankly jason ward makes it a lot of fun with whatever he can find in between (laughs) um like while it's filming but uh yeah so one of my favorite things is just fan reactions to 
like I mean, understanding the excitement that that we all experience, and I, you know, I, I think it's it's something that that anybody, especially in big fandoms where there's a lot of opinions, I mean, it's something that that hopefully like we can all get behind and, and that's, that's really fun. So just, just, yeah, just that level of excitement. All right. Uh, okay. You ready? It's like that Simpsons episode where uh, Jacques, the bowler, you know, that tries to have an affair with Marge. Marge. It's like the moment of anticipation. <laughs> all right. Good luck, everyone. This is it. Don't touch me. <laughs> there has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Oh. Oh. Oh my god! <laughs> do you want to watch it again? Yes. Let's do it again. Do it again. <laughs> where, where'd it go? There we go. Steel is one of those people who just genuinely loves Star Wars, like, and he just wants it to be good, and he just wants to experience it with other people, and it's just, just really pure. It's just really like it's just fun. It's just my favorite part of fandom recorded and put in a really nice episode well he's such a good dude and to yeah. to to hear somebody that is that good of a person enjoying something that you know you could because you can definitely put yourself in that position and think you know because of what it means to you but to he has a unique way of making things that like if you try to explain to someone hey let's listen with no video to a guy watching the Force Awakens <laughs> teaser. Well, that just, that you literally just said the dumbest sentence you could ever say to somebody. But it, it is, it's such a good listen. It's so, it's so engaging. Yeah. No, I just, yeah. So speaking of Paul Verhoeven, your very next episode, and it's a live one, episode 40 with uh, Paul, Ronnie Chang, and uh, Tegan Higginbotham. This is like leading, this is, let's see, in relation to it, The Force Awakens wasn't out yet. So this is like getting close, getting close to big time here. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I have to say is I have to air my uh, Steel Wars grievance of, uh, so in the very beginning of this episode, he's like talking about an upcoming Christmas special thing that he was doing. And, uh, you know, he takes a, takes a, 
you know, bit of a hit on my my dear Lumpawaru. Easily the worst thing in Star Wars. If you did not like the Phantom Menace, you haven't met Lumpy the Wookiee. <laughs> oh, poor Lumpy. It's just whatever. I was listening to it and I was like, I, I audibly gasped and I got really upset and I tweeted about it, but it's fine. Anyway, um, no, but so I was at a recording of one of the more recent episodes that, or the most recent episode that, that Ronnie was on um, live from New York. And he like has this, I, I guess it's a shtick. I can't tell with Ronnie. I think this is my favorite thing with him. Like, I just, I don't know like what is actually his beef and what's not. Um, so, you know, he has this whole thing with the EU, which I don't right. think he's ever read because he doesn't know who Thrawn is, but whatever, it's funny. We should have all chipped in. Yeah, I really think we could have <laughs> started a possible campaign. No. Then you get everyone thinking of stakeholders and everyone contributing ideas. Everyone just shut up. Let you yeah, because no, yeah. <laughs> no one in Star Wars fandom does that already. Yeah. <laughs> Too intense. Speaking of that, so. Oh, God. <laughs> So you've been dreading this moment for a year now, ever since I called you out on it. You've refused to have it on your podcast because you're too scared I'll confront you with this. But let's, let's, let's this get this amazing. on open. Yeah, let's get this on open here. Steel Saunders, before the movie, before what episode is the new one? Seven. Before Seven. What's it called? Force Awakens. Yeah. Before Force Awakens was announced, okay? What did you, Steel Saunders, feel about the expanded universe? <laughs> Tell the people. <laughs> <laughs> it went on a bit long. What? The expanded universe went on a bit long. Yeah, too far. Too far. <laughs> expanded, the universe expanded too far. Smaller universe. So you don't like the expanded universe at all? I thought some of it was good. The Timothy Zahn books were good, and a lot of the books, okay. like the one-shot books were good. But Okay. At its core, you just hate all that shit. No, this is you. I don't know what this is. No, Ben, please clarify. Clarify your stance on the expanded universe before the movie got announced. Because I feel that you can't be a real Star Wars nerd unless you actually know the expanded universe. That's what I'm saying. Does anyone else agree? No. Uh, you don't need to. So you guys are not EU fans. No. I'm an oh, EU okay. fan. I was. Obs- I read. I read the books all through high school. No, but it's not about whether you like it. It's that this is what is it is. Oh, me and you know Steel almost came to blows <laughs> before before making up and aggressively and making up. <laughs> so I, I just feel like you hate it. That thing is part of the story. It's like reading the. Has anyone actually read Law of the Rings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read through. I was hating every page. I still finished it <laughs> because it's part of the story. I was like, Fuck, "There's a song. How do you? What's the? Okay, yeah. Another song. What's the melody for? I didn't even know the melody. I gotta read the lyrics now. Stupid elves with their goddamn and every blade of grass being described as hate. Oh my god. Yeah, Ronnie's a scene, man. And yeah. I, it like the episode you're talking about that you were at. Listen to that, and it's, does this does this guy has he ever seen a Star Wars movie? His <laughs> no. his whole yeah his whole take on you know it's it's something else, man. The uh, so how was that live episode being there? I bet that was a really good time. Oh yeah, that was cool. Um... I yeah, because that was what that was like right after the last Jedi release, more or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is like I it's just so interesting. I think like when you're listening to it, like again because I'm a huge fan of the live episodes. Um, I'm just like Steel is just so good at bouncing off of what everybody has to say. Like it's like this just baffles me because it's such a tough skill to have. 
And he's just, it's interesting, like, when you're listening to it versus, versus, like, when you're actually watching it. And Ronnie's tough, man, because, like, he will just lead you into so many, like, kind of dead ends sometimes. Because he just, like, <laughs> like he will just stick to his guns, which, like, ride on. But, like, oh, man. he's Like, again, like, their personalities together are just so good. He's just a character. So the last episode, which this must be your favorite Steel Wars episode ever. This is my favorite Steel Wars episode of all time. Yeah. Episode 145, a live episode with the two Joels. And uh, <laughs> just tell me about this one. I love this episode because I'm into that same sort of nerdery that they are. But tell me, tell me about this one for you. So I think this one, because and this is just another one where everybody just works so well together in terms of just bouncing off of each other. But like Steel is especially savage in this one. Um, so because there's a part in the beginning where it's like a little dark and like, you know, they're like uh, they're, they're kind of joking about um, how their parents, you know, split over like Star Wars. I mean, you kind of have to listen to it. I explain it terribly. <laughs> Although weirdly, if you look at the Jurassic Park franchise, and sorry to talk about Jurassic Park in a Star Wars podcast, but if you weirdly look at Jurassic Park, a lot of that is about how wholesome like a family unit is of a mum and a dad and like several kids. Like a lot of their films is about bringing a family together, and it just comes in every single one of them. Even to the point with the new one, you almost have uh, Chris Pat and the other what's her name? Bryce, Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard, Howard, franchise killer. Yeah, franchise killer. <laughs> Walking up basically looks like an aisle, and it's just so weird that we have this. Kind of like, no, no, the family unit should go together. Don't get divorced. Stay together for the kids. And that's in your dinosaur film? And I don't know why, but it's almost in every single one of them. All right. Let's go, let's go back to the beginning, you guys. All right. And uh, let's, let's talk about your first memories of Star Wars. Um, mm. I have like a wholesome answer to this. Um, it's like... What is an unwholesome bro? Yeah, I was like, in an orgy and <laughs> I looked up. So the I'm orgy was in a theatre. That's where they had him in '83. <laughs> All right, give us your wholesome answer. Um, so, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Don't reply to that one. No, okay, I'll keep, I'll, that one's just between. That us. is not a good look. <laughs> yeah. So the rear the. <laughs> That guy's dying. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, just raise your hand if you need CPR. You are having. You have stained your white hoodie with happiness. <laughs> you are just oozing happiness everywhere. Uh, so, so. All right, wholesome. Oh my god! There's a guy in the second row doing a salacious crumb impression. It's great. <laughs> So, um, when I was like six is the exact time that the original trilogy got the re-release in the cinemas. So I saw all three original trilogy films in the cinema for the first time when I was like six with my dad. Mm -hmm. My parents got divorced not that long after that. So like, it's like an early You should have gone to see Jurassic Park! Yeah. You should have, man! It's the wholesome one. (laughs) Star Wars is about splitting up the family and separating them across galaxies. Well, mom wasn't at Star Wars, so maybe if she came, they would have stayed together. Ah. No, it's okay. It's all good. I, I still see my dad. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so like my first... <laughs> it's like a little voice crackle then. Still see my dad. It's fine. I'm having good times. I just need to quickly go make a phone call. Um, 
every time you see like a Darth Vader cosplay, you're like, please be him. Please be him. <laughs> Dad, are you back? <laughs> Found <those> cigarettes yet? <laughs> and then there's also like a part in the beginning that had me crying, laughing, and I'll just preface. Um, I grew up and my mother was a Christian fundamentalist. And so I grew up with, with all that kind of stuff. And uh, like we had the footprints in the sand, like religious poem thing. I don't exactly know what it is, but you know, we had that on keychains and it right. was on a poster in our house and like we had it everywhere. So he still does this thing in the beginning where he like takes that poem and he like adapts it for like God trolling one of those, you know, boycott <laughs> Star Wars people. Today, Matt is counting on you. Matt Vella needs your help with Kathleen Kennedy, Lucasfilm. Remove J.J. Abrams as director of Star Wars Episode 9. Join Matt and 236 supporters today. So it popped up. And I was like, oh, Matt's counting on me. <laughs> like, um, it's so weird. It reminded me of, um, you guys know that awesome, uh, I don't know if it's a poem or a song or... They're words about, um, about a guy walking down the beach with God. Do you guys know that, about the support? Right, so I, I, this is um, a bit of a praise of it. So, and, and I feel like this, like Matt could have written this to God. No one expected the podcast to go this way. <laughs> Admittedly. One night I dreamed a dream. As I was walking along the beach with my Lord, across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. From each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why. When I needed you the most, you would leave me. The Lord whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you, never ever, during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I was on Twitter laughing about your petition. <laughs> what a fair and just God. It was just so out of nowhere and so unique and so <laughs> oh gosh but no the whole episode is just like there's not a slow bit in it it's everybody just it's just hysterical and it's i mean i it's just I, again i think an absolute testament to like how amazing steel is live um not that all of his other live episodes aren't phenomenal but this one especially is perfection yeah it is super good and it's if anybody listen to this, if you get a chance to go to one of Steele's live shows, definitely, definitely, yes. definitely do it. I can't say it enough. They're a super good time. And I mean, for one thing, you're just going to meet a bunch of people who are into the same stuff you are, which is which is really cool. It's a good community. But oh, my God, man, the guy's so fast on his feet and the hangouts yeah. afterwards are just as fun as the show. So fun. Yeah. I mean, because everybody, I, I think that's the great thing about the community that he puts together is it's just genuine fans of Star Wars just wanting to talk about Star Wars. I mean, there's no, 
Um, you know, because obviously, like, this is a big fandom. Not everybody agrees. We do have a lot of issues, like any other fandom does. And he's just, I think, that consistent, just like reinforcing like good energy within the fandom and, and the people who come along with that are all great. And um, yeah, he just really supports like a lot of positivity, which is so rare, especially for people who are, you know, more forward facing. And, you know, a lot of these people tend to get really negative and he's just always super, super positive. And um, there's so many people I know through him and through that pod and just so many more of like the positive voices I think really come from like his corner and just the, the making uh, Star Wars corner in general. But yeah, I think he's he's definitely an outstanding force in, in that circle. Absolutely. Well, Katie, thanks so much for picking such killer episodes. These have been a good time. One of the best parts about doing these shows is like getting the reminder of, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about that. And it's, right. it's super fun to go back and check these out. And you definitely you definitely did your homework on this one. And I've, I'm glad to know that it's not just seven moments that you really like. It's the top seven in reverse order. So <laughs> ace job. <laughs> So tell tell the listeners, where can they find out more about what you do? Uh, so you can find me, I'm mostly on Twitter at K-M-M-C-C-O-R-T. Just so you guys know, Katie did an episode of the Wookiee Genome Project with Robbo, who we talked about. You guys are familiar with him. Above the subject was, is Luke Skywalker, or I guess was, a pacifist. It is fantastic. Definitely a good listen. She's awesome. Don't let her sell herself short. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, no, Rob is an amazing person to do podcasts with because he's like an encyclopedia. And he does like so much like research into the coolest little tidbits of things that I never would have thought of. And he sent just like a treasure trove of information. And and we also, we usually actually disagree, but to a point where we can have like an amazing conversation on it. Um, that pacifist one in particular where I'm a, bit more on the fence and he's very much no um and and yeah so he's he's yeah he's he's one of my favorite people in, in the fandom and and we we have a lot of fun on that pod awesome yeah it's definitely good and uh ace job on it and again thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate you taking time to record this with me and i think people are really gonna really gonna like the stuff that you picked yeah thanks so much this is great And there we have it, another episode of Strathers Wars. I wish I would have remembered to talk to Katie about her lightsaber collection. She's got some pretty cool stuff. I hope that you'll go back and check out the full-length version of each one of the episodes that we talked about in this episode. If you are a Patreon supporter and you would like to be on an episode of Strathers Wars, all you got to do is comment on the Patreon post for this episode, and I'll reach out to you and we'll figure it out. If you're not a Patreon supporter, you can take care of that right now. For just $1 a month, you can have access to all of the entire back catalog of regular Steel Wars episodes, all the way back to episode one, when it was still called, This Is Not The Podcast You're Looking For. And for just $3 a month, you can have access to all of the Patreon-exclusive shows, such as The Robbo Report, Jooklin Strikes Back, Making Steel Wars with MakingStarWars.net's very own Jason Ward, and the year by podcast with Hawes Burkhart from Blue Harvest and Rogue One. If you want to find out more about what I do, you can follow me on Twitter at Eric Strathers. You can check out my Star Wars podcast, The Bad Motivators, 
And you can find me on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network's The Sith List, where we discuss all things geek. But the only thing I know about is Star Wars. Go figure, right? Anyway, guys, that's going to do it. I am out of here. And may that force be with you. Podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. If you're after more Star Wars listening, please check out the Making Star Wars Podcast Network at makingstarwars.net, where you can find such great podcasts as Blue Harvest, First Order Transmissions, Idiots Array, Making Star Wars Now This Is Podcasting, Podcast 2187, Rebel Girl, Rogue One, Tarkin's Top Shelf, The Cargo Hold, and The Sith List. So that's planetbroadcasting.com and makingstarwars.net. Los Angeles tickets are now on sale for our final live podcast of the year at Geeky Tees Magnolia Boulevard, Burbank, on Saturday, December 15th at 4pm. For the first time ever, we'll be doing a live podcast version of our annual listener prediction review show, where we review all the Star Wars news predictions that you guys made at the start of the year. I'll be joined on stage by a grip of previous Steel Wars guests, along with the live audience, to help us decide who was the Jedi Master Star Wars predictor for 2018. And spoiler alert, I did not fare well in this competition. It's going to be a hilarious afternoon of live Star Wars fun, Saturday, December 15th, 4pm at Geeky Tees Burbank. Tickets are on sale at merchostore.com. The link is in the show notes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>